0: Big finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date: the eighth of May, twenty twenty-two.
1: Catch. Oh, careful! Are you okay? What's wrong? Nothing. Did you not off? there? No. I mean, I know you say you're older than you look.
2: It's not a crime to enjoy a spot of sunshine, Layla. <laughs>
0: I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and you've entered a world bursting with amazing people who, like you,
3: love the audio worlds and stories created for you by Big Finish Productions. Good lord. Benji and I have received a rather lovely, amusing and interesting email from our first Doctor actor, Stephen Noonan, and we'll be chatting about that very soon. Following that, the good review guide, this week we're talking
0: about Five Star Five. And Blake Seven, the Paluma Project.
4: Avon cast a withering sidelong glance at Villa. Then we're off behind the scenes with
3: The War Doctor Begins, Battlegrounds, The Keeper of Light by Phil Mulrhyne.
4: My
5: name is Louise Jameson, and I'm directing the third series of War Doctor Begins.
0: Following that, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, and that'll be overflowing with email loveliness. Oh, lovely.
3: In our also available segment, we're investigating the latest Worlds of Blake 7 release out this week, Heroes and Villains.
6: Hello, I'm Peter Angelidis. I'm the script editor and producer on the Amagon Queen.
0: Then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected
3: Big Finish release. What will it be? Who can tell? is this
4: the archives were the most highly secured place on gallifrey
3: and then it'll be time to give you a free 15 minute drama tease of the war doctor begins battlegrounds the keeper of light by yes you've guessed it because i said it a few seconds ago phil mulride
2: so elena says your marriage is in trouble I y- what no, no,
3: no. there should i read this email out I'd love you to, yes, absolutely. From Stephen Noonan, who you may know is our critically acclaimed New First Doctor. Fantastic reviews. Really lovely. Anyway, uh, dear Nick and Benji, well, I've just listened to the Big Finish Day Aftermath podcast. I think we did call it that when we were talking about it. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever been quite so flattered in my life, to the extent that I was wondering who on earth you could be talking about. Uh, I think you must have been in a parallel universe, Darby, where I apparently have a glamorous rock star slash secret agent (laughs) doppelganger. Was John Coleshaw wearing an eye patch by any chance? <laughs> you can always rely on Stephen for some Doctor Who references, nice folks. Nice little nod. Uh, be that as it may, I'd very much like to return the compliment. We, we were saying that that uh, you said that Stephen looked like a rock star, didn't you? you he You had does, that demeanour, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in all honesty, I don't think I can, in brackets, recently, remember a day out I've enjoyed quite so much. Oh, this is Big Finish Day he's talking about. Perhaps not since childhood summers in the 1970s at the Blackpool Pleasure Beach and the Doctor Who exhibition on the Golden Mile in the heady heyday of the almighty Thomas the Baker. (laughs) Yes. Ah, yes. Yes, Stephen did impress everyone with his uh, Tom Baker voice, I thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of them, what was it? uh, My mind, uh, uh, Janet, said, uh, uh, we're taking Stephen home with us. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite funny wandering around there because you'll suddenly just hear Tom
0: Baker telling a great story from miles away. (laughs) You find it's Stephen
3: just chilling out, giving some lovely fan just the time of their life. (laughs) And to write back at you, Benji Clifford, <laughs> it was utterly sensational to meet him at last, having become such a fan of the scintillating repartee between the two of you on the Big Finish podcast. And since my recent discovery of your brilliant and hilarious reviews and commentaries on the Benji and Nick show. Oh, the good old days, the good old yeah. days. I suppose uh, the Benji and Nick show, I think you can find it on YouTube still. Yes, I, it's, I, d- it's I think there. it's vanished from everywhere else, hasn't
0: it? We had a lot of people at Big Finish Day asking us if we're going to do any... Christmas or
3: something specials so who Goodness. knows? Who knows? I know we won't have time. Uh, <laughs> one of the highlights of the weekend is a memory of standing in some extraordinary Derby night spot, an establishment whose walls spotted so many mirrors <sighs> that there was certainly no danger of the Mara putting in an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Infusing with Benji about the BBC's 1980s masterpieces, The Day of the Triffids and Edge of Darkness. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, There's a bit of old clappers for you there. <laughs> in similar vein, but sitting down and not quite so late, <laughs> Mr. Briggs and I did indeed hook up for that drink he mentioned last week, didn't we, Nick? He's saying that because I said, don't choose Stephen or something. And I think I can speak for both of us in saying, to paraphrase Glen Owen again, what a lovely evening it was. <laughs> <laughs> did I explain the what a lovely story thing? No,
0: you didn't. It's, it's <laughs> you didn't.
3: a it's a, a joke that Stephen and I now have because um, on the behind the scenes stuff for the Power of Kroll Glyn Owen, you know, is in it, and there's hmm. there's some 16 millimeter location footage leading up to a shot, and Tom Baker tells the whole anecdote uh, before all about uh, Begonia Pope knitting his scarf. You know. Yes. Uh, And clearly they're meant to be doing a shot And Tom tells that story instead And you can see Glyn Owen is kind of thinking Aren't we meant to be getting on With it And then the moment Tom finishes Glyn Owen turns to the camera and goes What a lovely story (laughs) And then gives a sort of slightly grimmer smile As if to say Yes, uh, maybe we should have been working though Uh, I think that's a a perfectly reasonable assessment of the, uh, it's lovely there. So, uh, yeah, Stephen and I just end up saying, what a lovely, whatever it is, about anything. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame because it kind of insinuates that it isn't. But it was a lovely evening. <laughs> uh, it would therefore, of course, be superb to meet up with both of you for such an evening one of these days. Well, Absolutely. We have to do it, do yeah. I don't know where it might be best for such an encounter. I could, of course, have some inquiries made in Cairo. <laughs> I had inquiries made in Cairo. Uh, thank you, Pyramids of Mars. Um, however, perhaps for now, a more local venue might be more convenient. Yes. Uh, somewhere in the constellation of Custerbras. Uh I'd like to think that Benji's reply would be definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and Nick might second that with totally. Because what we've realised is that you say definitely a lot and I say totally a lot. It's just really weird. i tell you, another thing I realise I
0: say an awful lot is um, I say, how bizarre. <laughs> I say that so much and I, I didn't realise until somebody called me out on it the other day. And now every time I say it, I
3: get annoyed with myself. Well, How bizarre. Me with totally as well. What I do is <laughs> while someone is saying something that I passionately agree with, I go, totally, totally, totally. I just, I keep saying it like a sort of bad scratch music. Totally. Anyway, uh You'd good on Totally Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Totally Doctor Who. Anyway... Derby Day was an unalloyed pleasure from its start to its big ob finish. I really enjoyed the autograph sessions, seeing so many lovely fans in so many imaginative costumes. A few of them had brought their own artworks aside, and some of it was really impressive. One huge multi-doctor oeuvre that blew me away was by a very talented chap called Connor. Yes, Connor. Connor gave me a brilliant uh, picture of me, actually, with Daleks and stuff on it.
0: He's a regular Uh, at these things, and he always has fantastic works of art to show to everybody. It's just
3: awe-inspiring, isn't it? The level of detail. Yeah, it's fantastic. Totally. (laughs) what a lovely artwork uh, of course the imperative in that situation is to make sure you can get the name of the spelling absolutely right Oh, the, the name and the spelling i can't read i mean it would be awful if a fellow's name was michael or something and you signed it to toby <laughs> <laughs> which is what i did and we still can't work out why uh, the worst thing is his
0: name wasn't michael
3: Yes. it's david it just oh my gosh it wasn't was
0: it yes it actually was yeah we got That's called so- out on twitter for it <laughs> you just get so i've done it now it's just it can,
7: oh, I, I actually prefer david. the idea that
0: that i like the idea that we just never never get his name right so um, we're so sorry Lindsay, for any uh <laughs>
3: any- well Stephen says thankfully that sort of thing is almost entirely unheard of with <laughs> a big laughing emoji i just uh, now uh, the doctor's panel discussion was obviously a major highlight that's where we had tim Treloar, Michael. well anyway he's going to say and it was stupendous to have the son of trout looming over the rest of us on an enormous screen very surreal very doctor who and of course uh, tim Trelaw and uh, Jonathan Carley were there as well the third doctor and war doctor respectively. To sum up then a terrific experience all round and not least because of you Toby and of course <laughs> it goes without saying you too Toby. Anyway I'm off now to watch a podcast about Quatermass and the Nigel Neal centenary featuring that marvellous first rate Doctor Who and all round sci-fi pundit Michael Haydoke <laughs> Very best wishes Toby Noonan Oh, thank you, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and it's actually David. That's just oh my goodness. We'll never live this one down, will we? Well, I suppose we must uh, stop basking in the uh, the warmth of Big Finish Day and just look forward to the next one, whenever and wherever that might be. I have to say, it was it was thoroughly enjoyable.
0: Thoroughly enjoyable. Mm. Time now for our Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them
8: for you. you, you.
3: Ah, and there you are, the proper music back. I should mention, of course, this podcast now has the proper music in it because last week's podcast was edited on a different computer in a different location. I didn't have any of the music files except the one for um, the emails ah is that through the whole thing no no i used i no i didn't just use that i used lots of other music i think i used an old track that i used to use for the randomoid selectron for the theme this is so interesting i'm going to move on uh as promised we're looking at five star five and blake seven the paluma project let's start with five star five go
9: clarence hit the thruster and the freighter swung immediately to port accelerating away Lovell kept his eyes nervously on the screen as the interceptors followed. They're still with us, said Clarence redundantly. Lovell took a breath. Keep going. Clarence leaned his weight against the throttle as the cockpit began to rattle in protest. Somewhere from behind, he heard something falling over. Hold on. Lovell's tone caused Clarence to look back up at the screen. A missile was streaking from the lead interceptor. Glancing at a monitor on the dash, the chimp could see its intended target was the freighter's port engine. It'll cripple us, he said, simply. Before Clarence had a chance to change course, the missile exploded just off the freighter's bow. Lovell gripped the console again as the ship was buffeted by the blast. Just a warning shot. The comm sprang to life with a burst of static. All-track course was the interceptor pilot again. This is your final warning. Bluff, Lovell smirked. They wouldn't dare hit a neutral ship. Uh, Lovell? Lovell looked to his companion. Clarence was pointing to the screen. Another missile was streaking through the blackness of space. They both followed its course as it passed behind the freighter. A pause, then a bang. the ship rocked on the wave of the explosion More We'll just go to
0: bigfinish.com before. and type five star five into the search pane to find this incredible space adventure incredible. interesting music thing about that mm. is um, i you took worked on, on didn't you? i did yeah and i took on the Bar- uh, the barry gray approach of barry gray being the fantastic composer for thunderbirds captain scarlet and pretty much every uh, anderson release certainly the um the ones from the 60s 70s mm. um but his thing uh, for the most part was always trying to have the theme tunes of things say the musical notes in the theme tune sort of speaking the uh, the words of the television show so for example yes. stingray is da, stingray. stingray captain Rey. scarlet you know captain scarlet da. down and it's all very like that one so with this one where it's five star five uh, I tried to do the theme tune to kind of have that da five star five as I imagine he would have done something similar yeah. like that to kind of give it that uh, it sounds quite newsy as well da which I think it might be sky News. Um, <laughs> We'll skim over that. Um, anyway, it's here's a review. Yeah.
3: This one, I was just going to say, but I'm not sure it works for. What is it? U F O. Yeah, it's space a bit like. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like
0: Thunderbirds at Thunderbirds. They're really, really, really good. You know, there um, is a
3: Thunderbirds theme tune with singing, don't you? Is there really? Good yeah, but they did, but it's just. Um, it sounds like some sort of hillbilly singing it on a back step. <laughs> Thunderbirds, guys. <laughs> it's just, oh, no. And it has that whew, <laughs> in the middle of it. It's weird.
0: weird. About is every, crazy, yeah. isn't it, where things like that happened. It's like um, on the old uh, things like Sir Lancelot, those ITC sort of old, really, really old shows. They used to have the, uh, the end credits would have somebody singing, didn't they? Mm. Like the Sir Lancelot one was like... Um, now listen to me story The oh, days yeah. of old of England With Merlin
3: the magician And Guinevere the... And it's all just like very like jolly Because um, well, people watched closing credits in those days So I suppose they felt they had to entertain them during it Yeah, not now, where it actually just says Do you want to skip? Yes Do you want to skip all this stuff about who ploughed years of work into this? Yeah, right. This, uh, have you seen? Uh, it's, I love this irrelevance here. Um, have you seen uh, the? Um, oh God, what's it called? It's the latest Mike Myers thing on uh, Netflix. I haven't, but it was only last
0: night that I saw it on there and thought I must get round to watching that.
3: Oh, Joe, I just actually get accidentally started it playing. Then <laughs> uh, the pe- just to find out what it's called. pentamvirate it's called. And it is the usual mixture of um, bad taste and juvenile nonsense. Um, But it did sort of make me laugh. Um, But anyway, uh, they have Jeremy Irons in it. But Jeremy Irons' only task so far anyway is just to read out the sort of introduction over the um, opening theme, which is all very dramatic. And at the end it says, (laughs) Jeremy Irons as Jeremy Irons. Um, But he... uh, on the second episode he says don't you dare skip the intro <laughs> He so oh, there's important information here this isn't just cut and paste you know oh now i've run out of time to say it and all that kind of stuff it's rather good
0: i love it when actors just get they get to that point in their career where they just build as, as themselves in things
3: just like exactly um, living uh, legend jeremy living Irons.
0: Legend. Well, he is so like the other day I was watching Batman yeah. from one thousand, nine hundred and sixty-six with my friend, and he said, "Oh, what what else has Adam West been in over the years?" And of course, if you go onto Adam West's IMDb, IMDB uh, it just it's just hundreds of releases of just Adam West as Adam West. He's just been in everything as Adam <laughs> West.
3: What a guy, God, Adam West. He did do Robinson Crusoe in space, though, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. Well, that, that was so, a film. That's that, but
0: that's that's quite uh, that is quite uh, Adam West though, isn't it? Something a bit ridiculous. Oh, totally. <laughs> I said totally, totally, totally Doctor Who. Uh, anyway, here's a review from Jack Knoll, SecurityHazard.net. Eh, eh, eh. Um, uh, Anderson Entertainment's release of Five Star Five, uh, John Laval and the zargon Threat is an opportunity to enjoy a Jerry Anderson production that never was, and now. Most certainly, definitely is. I added certainly in there. Just ignore that. Um, totally, it's, totally. It's a big, bold, bombastic space adventure that's a joy to experience, thanks to the talents of a team that quite simply know how to tell an excellent story. It was good fun doing that. It was a, it was a
3: cool show, cool show. Uh, next up, the worlds of Blake Seven, the Paluma Project.
4: So. You're saying Blake's right. Avon cast a withering, sidelong glance at Villa. I am not, he replied. Then why are you going down there? Sometimes Villa's incessant, childlike questioning really grated with Avon. He could feel himself fast approaching that stage now. Avon took a deep breath. He didn't want to waste unnecessary energy on the man. It doesn't matter what you or Blake think. By teleporting down there, I'm not justifying anyone else's view except my own. You said you didn't like the idea. I don't like the idea of there being an apparent Federation base about which we can find no information. He approached Orak and activated the flashing box. Anything yet? Be more precise answered the fussy voice I've only asked you to do one thing Avon sounded threatening Just go to bigfinish.com and type Paluma,
0: P-A-L-L-U-M-A into the search pane to enter the worlds of Blake 7 First up indiemacuser.co.uk Ian McArdle says All in all, the Paluma project is a lot of fun and well worth disappearing into for a couple of hours Disappear into it
3: That's brilliant I didn't give a mark To the last review Did I I I think it was Five out of five Five stars out of five (laughs) Obviously Uh, And same for that Uh, Cultbox.co.uk Rich Cross Uh, Gambrel's book Combines Thoughtfully rendered Hard sci-fi Elements Not elephants Uh, With an unhurried tale of intrigue, political machinations, or machinations, depending on how you want to pronounce it, revenge and regret, there's a darker, harder timbre to the story's denouement than is found in most adventures in the Blake 7 universe. But in the context of the Paluma Project's distinctly bleak premise, that feels like a fitting way to wrap up proceedings. Uh, We have our usual five stars, four of them in blue, so I give this... Blue stars. All one word, no space in the middle.
0: Um, that's it for reviews this week. Next time we'll be talking about the Ninth Doctor Adventures. Respond to all calls, unless it's spam. Don't. Still to come in the podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, and we'll be investigating heroes and villains in the worlds of Blake Seven in our also available segment.
3: But first, let us delve behind the scenes with The War Doctor Begins, Battlegrounds, The Keeper of Light by Phil Mulrhein. And speak a devil?
10: I'm Phil Mulrhein, and I am the writer of The Keeper of Light. Sam Mundi. Imagination.
2: The world of reality has its limits. The world of imagination is boundless.
10: I was asked if I was up for writing something for a very exciting series about the young war doctor. And it's always a privilege to be asked, and I had a go. Um, <laughs> this is the first story in the third War Doctor Begins box set. And I think the brief at the beginning was relatively open, but that perhaps we could find the Doctor having a little bit of a breather from the time war somewhere, maybe protecting another planet or or y- using another planet as a trap. Um, and I had the idea of whether we could try to confuse and disorient the audience a little. And I liked the idea of doing an Earthset adventure that felt like something a, uh, a normal, in inverted commas, Doctor adventure from the 10th Doctor or the 11th Doctor era. So people would be wondering what's going on, what's happened to the Time War. and And so that's what we went for. And also I love Lighthouses. And this story is partly inspired by a disused lighthouse off the coast of Northern Ireland that I used to see from a little bungalow that we used to stay in as a family on the Ards Peninsula.
5: My name is Louise Jameson and I'm directing the third series of War Doctor Begins. So this episode is a, it's a bit outside the norm for Doctor Who. It explores the imagination and the power of the Doctor.
11: I'm Jonathan Carley, and I'm playing the War Doctor. So this episode, The Keeper of Light, is well, it's a very strange episode, really, because it's one of those sideways sort of episodes where it's not necessarily in the past or the future. It's it's something other, which is always exciting. And you know, it's another way of being creative within that you know, Doctor Who universe. In this case, this Doctor is caught up in, really, his, to have a slice of his old life back, to be sort of carefree fighting monsters not with quite the same potential universe-ending consequences as he's thrust into on a daily basis currently and to really love what he does and love life and make friends and and have a great time along the way and it's very clever in the way it's done because we've got some familiar faces taking on slightly different roles which i think have slightly different meanings in what, in what they mean to, uh, to the Doctor in that they've been repurposed for this, not least um, Emma coming back as she played Cass in Night of the Doctor, which is a significant part of what led the Doctor to where he is now.
10: I think when the Ward Doctor first appeared on screen, it was just this surprise opening up of a whole part of the Doctor's life that had been hinted at but never explored a side of him that he was ashamed of and had wanted to forget uh, a dark darker side and it's been amazing that Big Finish has got to delve into that with the legendary John Hurt and now with Jonathan Carley playing him. Is that a lighthouse out there?
2: Yes it's South Rock. Oh I do love a good lighthouse. Hope in the darkness.
10: Yes, there's a harder edge to the War Doctor, maybe especially the young War Doctor, but there's always this tension in terms of him trying to deny himself, deny that he's good, deny that he is the Doctor, but that being a constant fight against something deep that is his true nature. And what's hopefully interesting in this story this adventure is landing that war doctor in a much more traditional doctory sort of role and i can't wait to hear that fully realized by jonathan who's playing the young war doctor big finish have done some amazing and amazingly clever casting work for this episode so getting emma campbell jones for leila adele anderson who's normally tamison playing dorothy ken bones as david so The doctor's world in this story is populated by faces that he already knows, voices that he's heard before.
1: I'm Emma Campbell-Jones and I'm playing Leila Bridge. (coughs) I think that she's a very passionate sort. She likes an aside, a quip. She's quite playful and I enjoy that. Um, that funny little spur that she has with the doctor, just those little sparky bits, those moments of back and forth and she clearly cares a great deal hugely and that's um, not just for the doctor but everybody they meet on the way. And she's plucky. I love her courage. she's just very hands-on. she's off exploring around the corner. It doesn't matter if there's monsters around there whatever she's right in there, <laughs> which I think is something that the Doctor needs, actually, to have a a companion who's unafraid and, you know, willing to come for the journey with him. You know, his companion
10: here is familiar as the very person who Helped bring the war doctor into existence, sort of. So it's a lovely what-if moment, as if we're in some universe or timeline or reality where the Daleks hadn't ruined everything and, you know, that person could have been an amazing companion for him. Leela
5: gets a mention because his assistant is called Leila, so he's given himself this assistant that he's become terribly fond of
11: doing sort of visual stuff on audio sounds a bit like a contradiction in terms but it's hugely helpful especially when it's in the script to just put in your mind's eye where you are and what's happening and you know the idea of being in the middle of nowhere sounds really vague but actually we can all relate to something like that and um, being in some uh, obscure holidale cottage in the um, in Scotland on the coast you know you can sort of picture the the atmosphere it's a very you know distinctive uh, picture of dark clouds overhead and waves crashing in the sea um, beneath, so you can almost taste it when you're reading the descriptions and delivering the dialogue and everything that is there is meant to be there because it has such an impact on what goes on, the sea rises up to attack us, the rocks beneath the cottage envelop it and and yeah it's it's just so clear in your mind's eye that um, It it genuinely feels like you're there. I know it sounds like a cliché, but it does half the work for you um, because you just go with the flow then and follow the action. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Battlegrounds into the
0: search pane to find this brilliant adventure.
3: (laughs) Time now for listeners' emails.
0: that bang that you heard there was in fact the emails bursting through the wall we have so many of them they are overflowing here in the sorting office but fear not you can still add to that amount by sending your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com first up we've got jack tong here Uh, the subject of this one is creativity heineck and benji hi there uh, I haven't written into the podcast for a while and wanted to let you know that I love listening to your stories whilst customizing figures as well as doing some figure photography. Uh, these are action figures, not um, figures of people, uh, although technically action figures are people. Never mind. Um, I really wanted to show Nick this custom that I've done recently of the Dalek time strategist from the Dark Eyes story, the monster of Montmartre. Uh, I've worked very hard to get it to look as close to the artwork from Dark Eyes box set
3: and I hope that Nick will enjoy it. Many thanks, Jack. You Do you eating? like that artwork? That the photograph? Sorry, have, sorry <laughs> while you were reading that out, my wife brought me a sandwich because uh, Benji and I have had so much, we've had technical nightmares today, haven't we mate? We certainly have, yeah, still are ongoing. We're running late, and you know what I'm like, Benji? If I don't eat at a certain time, I just get so hangry. You turn into a pumpkin. Do you want know what, to know what's in my sandwich? Is it a crisp sandwich? Apologies to all of you who have... What's it called? Is, Is it sonophobia? <laughs> I'm so sorry to be eating while I'm talking. It's it's a very healthy sandwich. It's red cabbage. Rabbit. Um, Cucumber, carrot, and a little bit of mayonnaise. Cool, that is healthy, isn't it? Mm. You're going to
0: be—you're
3: uh, going be to into
0: Superman. <laughs> if only that were true. Slightly
3: overweight man.
0: weightman <laughs> I, I do love the weathering in this this uh, custom action figure. It looks fantastic. I've always got a lot of time for weathering. Mm. Great job there. It's just—I I love seeing people's work, creative work like
3: this. Just makes me very happy. Yeah. Nice one, Jack. Uh, next up, Timothy Bradley writes in with the Sixth Doctor and Frobisher. Well, they don't write in as well. He's talking about them. Can you imagine <laughs> there's sort of like <laughs> flipper marks, you know. Uh-huh. Hi, Big Finish. Hope you're well. Hi All there. of Big Finish. That's a lovely wishes. Hi there. We are the entirety of Big Finish crying out now. We are well. Um, Although, uh, I think Lisa Bauman's had COVID-19, but I think she's on the mend now. Uh, I've been listening to The Holy Terror with The Sixth Doctor and Frobisher. Greatly enjoyed it. Have you ever heard it, Benji? A long time ago. I love a bit of Frobisher. Yeah. Well, uh,
0: I think that was what, what Very nice. made me want to get into it, because I remember Frobisher from the comics. And so I was like, oh, got to get on this one.
3: Just having a bit of uh, a crisp now. Devon Roast Beef Crisp. Frobish has turned into a crisp. That's the thing with whiffer you can never tell.
0: What year was the, the Hothi Terror? It must have been a long time ago, 2000 mm. and early on. It was a very okay. long
3: time ago. It's when I first met Rob Shearman.
0: Very, very long time ago then. Yeah. year of it was uh, 2000 wow
3: I'm looking forward to checking out the Maltese penguin next I'm trying to eat the food because I know how upset people get
0: this has become very Joe Smith hasn't it back in the old days of crisps in the office
3: I think it was Paul Sprague actually Blimey. it was that far back Lovely Paul's brag. I'm see. surprised there haven't been more Sixth Doctor and Frobisher audios than the two already produced since The Holy Terror was made in 2000. And The Maltese... Oh, he just told us we needn't have looked it up. <laughs> and The Maltese Penguin was made in 2002. I would like to hear more Doctor Who audios featuring the big talking bird. Could, could box sets stories be made featuring the Sixth Doctor, Perry and Frobisher? I would welcome audio adaptations of the comic book adventures featuring Frobisher in Doctor Who best wishes tim bradley that's very frobisher based isn't it one of the reasons that we didn't immediately pick up and run with frobisher which we sort of wanted to at the time is that unbelievably there was a huge backlash against the holy terror because it featured a character who hadn't been on the television how times have changed but um, for ages and ages the holy terror was one of the lowest selling we did. And then eventually, you know, Rob Shearman's true reputation came to the fore. And that's, I think, become one of the highest selling. But it was for ages. People said, like, oh, I bought them all, but not the Holy Terror. Which was fair enough at the time. You know, all our views change over time. <clears throat> I mean, I thought that um, uh, when I first met Benji, that he was a brilliant painter. But uh, turns out he's a brilliant sound designer and musician instead.
0: Yeah, it's true. I'm, I'm no Rembrandt. <laughs> I wouldn't know a Rembrandt from uh, the cover of a Beano. Um, well, we've got another one here. Fruit pastel. Um, <laughs> we no, know a Rembrandt from a fruit pastel. And finally, we've got one here from our good friend Fatina. A subject to this one is Big Finish Day, You Made Me Scream. I hope that's a happy scream and not a scary scream. Or an ice cream. Um, Or maybe an ice cream, actually. You can never not like ice cream. Uh, Hello, Benji and Nick. It's been a while. Smiley face. Certainly has. I hope this email finds you and your family all healthy. So far, so good. Uh, Big finish day would have come and gone by the time this email gets to you. I'm sure the day went well and was enjoyed by all. I was sad to learn that there wouldn't be a virtual option this year. Uh, What plans are there in the future to incorporate a virtual option? Given the number of Big Finish fans worldwide, I'm sure that there would have been interest. Unfortunately, travelling to the other side of the pond won't be financially feasible for me for quite some time. Also, I learned about the new audio lines featuring Joe Martin as the Fugitive Doctor and Sasha Dewan as the master. The minute I saw the news, I screamed with excitement. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning so much more about these characters. May Big Finish creatives continue to feed our ear things for years to come. Lots of love from Chicago, Fatina. Good question there, Nick.
3: Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's quite a tricky thing, I think, um, streaming uh, an event, Um, because uh, a lot of the guests you know go to lots of events and it's nice for them to tell stories that maybe not everyone's heard and the trouble is if you stream something like that it means that their entire repertoire goes on the internet forever and it you see what i mean yeah so absolutely it's quite it's something that one would have to negotiate very carefully but it is certainly something that we're aiming to do for the next big finish event and I don't think we thought it through properly. Um, we we absolutely decided to do it quite some time in advance, and then at the last minute, I suddenly thought, "Do you know what?" So it's my fault, really. I'll own up to it now. I just thought, um, you know, you know, the technical stuff. I think we could have solved quite easily, but um, with several, you know, uh, good technology partners involved. But no, I yeah. So something we've got to sort out for the future. But yeah, it would be nice to share the event with all the fans who can't make it. It's a good answer. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry about the eating. I really am sorry, folks. Um I have a real problem with not, <laughs> not eating at the right times. I just crash. <laughs> Forgive me, please. That's it for the emails this week. More next time, sent to podcast at bigfinish.com.
0: As always, the Randomoid Selectron is firing up in the background right now, preparing to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly
3: selected Big Finish release. But before that, it's time for also available, because also released this week is The Worlds of Blake 7 Heroes
7: and Villains!
6: Hello, I'm Peter Angelidis. I'm the script editor and producer on the Amagon Queen. We wanted to do a series of three stories with the principal cast of Jenna and Callie because they'd worked so well together in that first story in the Clone Master box set and uh, Sally and Jan seemed to have enjoyed that because it wasn't something the TV series gave them much chance to do. So when it came to asking Trevor for ideas, I asked him for the uh, a story featuring the Amigans from season A, the story Bounty. The, the one where the pirates get aboard Liberator by using a fake distress call when Blake's off the ship, rescuing the former President Sarkov. The principal pirate in that was Tarvin. He'd previously met Jenner on Zolat 4, and the backstory there was that Jenner and Tarvin had hid in the mountains to avoid hundreds of customs guards and Jenner had saved Tarvin's life in a pre liberator time. But we couldn't reuse Tarvin in this new episode because he gets unambiguously killed off by Sarkov during the TV episode, and we wanted it to be during the TV series rather than a flashback to uh, Jenna's previous experience. So I told Trevor it didn't have to have any explicit links to the telly story, and, you know, he'd have his own ideas about where it would fit in.
12: Hello, I'm Lisa Bowerman, and I directed The Amagon Queen. I particularly like all the three stories in this particular box set, in the Heroes and Villains box set. Because essentially, there's a through line about people's acquisition of power, how they keep it, and how they manipulate people in order to to keep that power. Uh, and all of them have completely different approaches. I think what I particularly like about this this particular first episode, The Amagon Queen," by Trevor, is that, you start with a great rip roaring, sort of pirate adventure, and I think that eases us into this box set extremely well.
13: I'm Trevor Baxendale, and I wrote The Amagon Queen. I love writing Blake Seven for Big Finish. I've done quite a few episodes now and a couple of audiobooks, and it's always a pleasure, but it's also a challenge. What can I bring to Blake Seven that's new or a bit different, but still feels like Blake Seven? I was asked to contribute to a new box set about the heroes and villains of Blake Seven, featuring the Amagun pirates first seen in the TV episode Bounty, where a band of Amaguns briefly take over the Liberator. In that episode, it's made clear that Jenna had some kind of past with these pirates, and probably from her smuggling days.
12: Obviously, I was guided back towards the original episodes by Peter, in terms of looking at the Amagons. Of course, the main character on on television was played by the wonderful Mark Zuber, and uh, talking which, he had an exuberance and a glamour that I suppose you kind of think, how am I going to portray this on audio? But I was keen to emphasise the. Otherness. There was the debate whether we should have actors uh, use their Indian accents, and I obviously uh, asked those actors uh, whether that was something they'd be comfortable with, and, and they absolutely were. And what what I think is, is wonderful is that it gives that that otherness and creates a completely different world from what Callie and um, and Jenna inhabit.
13: It's always fun to write about something like the Amigans because they've only appeared once in the television series so we know actually very little about them. I I love scouring old episodes of Blake Seven for little nuggets like this. It's like finding gold. I mean, the Amagans, who were they? What's special about them? We know a few things, but not much. And it's a great opportunity to take something created by Terry Nation as a kind of throwaway villain and expand on it uh, and find out a little bit more about them and maybe go a little bit deeper into the world of Blake 7.
3: Just go to bigfinish.com and type heroes and villains into the search pane at the top to bag this one. Do you want to know why I'm saying villains in that stupid way? Go for it. (laughs) There was a veteran actor I worked with many, many years ago. His name was uh, Richard Coulson. It's just come back to me. And he... uh, And I can't remember, I was in a play with him... And he had to, in a sort of uh, uh, silly way, say to someone, Villain! And um, uh, myself and another member of the cast found this hilarious. And so uh, every time I read the word villain, I have to go, Villains! (laughs) So that's the very interesting explanation.
0: The inner workings of Nicholas Briggs' mind there. Uh, don't forget that it'll soon be time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of The War Doctor Begins Battlegrounds. But first...
3: It's the Randomoid Selectatron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What have we got? Well, the, uh, the RAN is in. It's Doctor Who Doom Coalition 3. Wow! The third okay. book set. Yeah. I'm just typing it in to learn more about it. Doom Coalition 3. Is it volume 3, does it say? or Just Doom Coalition 3. three Doctor yeah, Who, yeah, colon Doom Coalition. Got it. Wow. Lovely stuff by Matt Fitton and John Dorney. Here's the trailer. It is time to complete my masterpiece. Time to start the countdown. Until Doomsday. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Doom Coalition 3.
4: The archives were the most highly secured place on Gallifrey. Probably even more so now after what happened last time. What happened last time? The Eleven happened.
7: Threads in the web of time are being unpicked by whatever this is. They're in flux, but only in relation to one another.
4: Hear that fizzing noise? That's my brain.
7: Ah, don't worry, Liv. I have a seventh sense for this kind of business.
4: In the name
14: of King Henry! I demand that you identify
7: yourselves! Intent hostile. Threat will be neutralized. None will stand in our way.
12: I'm Ruth, Helen's daughter. Her daughter?
3: Superville, Com.
12: Superville? Well,
4: that hardly sounds like an evil organization.
12: What the devil? A devil? Not today, Thomas. Today, I'm your guardian angel.
4: I
3: am the clocksmith. I am an artist, and I am everywhere.
12: Time Lords, honestly, you spend your whole life believing there's only one left, then they start turning up like buses.
3: Big finish. We love stories. I've,
4: I've never seen it, but this must be what happens. What happens when? When he regenerates.
3: There's a great uh, video trailer for it, isn't there, as well?
0: Certainly is, yes. Well, the Doom Coalition range was very popular. Uh, I started my Doctor Who on Doom Coalition 2, so this would have been my second foray into Doctor Who this time. Uh, just a whole host of great actors and people. Robert Barthurst in this one, mm. as well as, of course, the the great um, original casts of uh, Paul McGann, Nicola Walker and Hattie Morohan. Yeah. Um, just got so many good people John Heffernan
3: I know brilliant and also uh, the late great uh, John Stratnell as well yes and Nicholas Wooderson he's um, featured in James Bond movies and I work with him on a Tom Baker story he's a real class act as well this is a great box set so um, while I email Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to Benji please explain in an original way involving expressive modern dance uh, how you get the 25% discount on this okay don't well if you can't
0: see it now I'm certainly so, what oh, dance you go, go to bigfinished.com you can do that now and then go across the menu to what uh, podcast hold on a minute just got to do my backflip oh there we go right impressive. okay then you got to read more on the blurb there right uh, after that go on to the uh, underneath the picture of us, it says the randomised electron also features. Whoop! Uh, are offering you a 25% reduction on a select release. Just click here and enter the code Buckup. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. Enter that in, no spaces, no complications, and you will get your discount.
3: Bam! I <sighs> to lie down after that beautifully done yeah and thanks ran what a cracker you've you've got there for us uh next week's podcast uh, which is out on sunday the 15th of may is called water war chest uh water 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 war chest, water,
0: war chest.
3: <laughs> and in the good review guide as we mentioned we'll be covering the ninth doctor Respond to all calls we we'll go behind the scenes with the sixth doctor water worlds and a, a story called The Rotting Deep before, by Jack Rayner. Also, Sounds there's like uh, a Torchwood. <laughs> Sorry about that. a uh, Torchwood uh, War Chest is uh, uh, also, the, also available. A uh, brilliant release that week. So there we are. A very exciting podcast to look forward to. Well, thanks for listening. Bye for now. For the love of stories. Time now for
2: <laughs>
3: time now for the war doctor begins battlegrounds the keeper of light by Phil Mulrine. I sing a song of the fish of
8: the sea. Hey hey, blow the man down. Come, on, you young sailor, and listen to me. I'll give us some time to blow the man down. First came the herring, saying I'm king of the sea. Hey,
14: Anders, you here? where have you got to?
8: Malcolm? Yes? I'm just rounding the headland. I'll sight the lighthouse in a moment. OK, you realize there'll be nothing there? I know what I saw, Malcolm. Uh, after an evening on the aquavets. I'm drinking coffee. And if someone's out there flashing lights on and off, it's a danger to shipping. On a calm night? When every ship is GPS anyway. Mine doesn't. Uh, of course not. You could just inform the Coast Guard. Damn it, Malcolm, we can still do some things ourselves, even in this day and age. Besides, the sea is lovely tonight.
14: Well, rather you than me, lovely sea or not?
8: In your sleepers
7: with cocoa, are you?
14: How did you guess? <laughs> hey, They're
7: getting old, my friend lighthouse
8: is coming into view.
14: Well? Anders?
8: Yes. There is a light flashing.
14: What? Someone's really out there on South Rock?
8: Not just the rock, Malcolm. It's coming from the top of the lighthouse.
14: But it... The lantern? It can't be. There's no light there, no lens. Hasn't been for a hundred years.
8: I tell you, I see it! I'm going to get closer! Try and run!
14: Anders? What's wrong?
7: Spilled my damn coffee! See, is getting choppy! I... Malcolm! Something strange!
14: What was that? You're breaking up, Anders. Repeat, please. I
8: said where the light hits the sea, it's being pulled up. The water sort of falling back on it. What? I don't know how to describe it. As if someone were sculpting it. It's impossible. Well, it's too high.
14: Anders, I'm looking out now. There's no change in the weather. Conditions are calm. Oh, 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 Come
8: down. On the boat, you won't be able to
14: Anders, what is this? Some kind of joke? Malcolm, it's coming down. Oh, oh. Anders. Anders! Anders!
1: Thingy. It's pointing straight there.
2: A psionic resonance radiometer.
1: Or, flashing thingy. Catch. Oh, careful! Are you okay? What's wrong? Nothing. Did you not off, lying there? No. I mean, I know you say you're older than you look. It's not
2: a crime to enjoy a spot of sunshine, Layla. Well, it is on Balagras Minor. You need a permit.
1: Sounds charming. Please don't let's go.
2: A thriving black market and vitamin D supplements. But yes, let's stick to bonnie Scotland for now, shall we? And this anomaly.
1: So we head to the cottages? There's nothing else on this bit of coast.
2: They may not be the ultimate source, but it's definitely the right trajectory. So yes, come on. Don't want to lose the afternoon.
1: Hey,
10: you were the one napping.
7: Earl Grey?
5: If you can find it.
7: I know where the tea is, thank you. I'm getting ready for dinner.
5: You're going to cook?
7: I can cook?
5: I seem to remember you trying, once. Dorothy! But by all means. At least one thing I'll be warm this evening.
7: There's a reason you didn't have enough bedsheets last night. It's a cheap rental? No.
5: The heating shop?
7: It wasn't even that cold.
5: It was if you had too few bed sheets.
7: It's because the host assumed we'd be staying in the same room.
5: Bit presumptuous.
7: When we've been married for thirty-two years
5: Why here? Why book here, David? I mean it's just so remote. Nothing around. What if we need to buy milk?
7: We've got milk.
5: Or some extra bed sheets. Oh, here. I'll do the tea if you've given up. I like people.
7: I'm people. And the whole point was to spend time with each other.
5: Huh? Oh, people? What? Someone's coming across the more. Two of them.
7: Well, it can't be that remote then, can it?
2: not abandoned anyway the cottages
1: sympathetically restored i'd say
2: holiday less
1: all the way out here although you might be right i'm guessing a local would drive something more off-road than that
2: Uh excellent deduction miss holmes
1: i'll stick to miss bridge thanks but the compliments appreciated hello
2: ah residents hello
1: can we help you
2: moosekye we'll just have a quick look round then
5: what? Shouldn't take long. Are you the landlord or something?
7: Landlord? No. Is this
5: some kind of
1: inspection?
7: He said he's not the landlord.
5: Well, he might have been sent by them.
1: We're travellers. We were just passing.
7: Here? On foot?
1: Um, rambling?
7: I no, said it wasn't so remote. Oh, yes.
2: Splendidly remote. The wilds of the highlands and islands. Glorious, eh? What exactly is that gadget? This? It's just helping pinpoint a psychic energy intrusion. Psychic what? Pulled the TARDIS completely off course, I can tell you. We left her on the other side of the moor. TARDIS? But the signals aren't centered here. They're not? No. And... Doctor? Is that a lighthouse out there? Yes, it's South Rock. Oh, I do love a good lighthouse.
7: Hope in the darkness. These were the keepers' cottages. Here we go. And I read up a bit. It's one of the oldest wave-washed lighthouses in the world. Built at the end of the 18th century.
2: Interesting times. I look fabulous in a tricorn hat. Does it still work?
7: Your hat. The lighthouse. Oh. No, it, it was replaced by light ship in a better location Then what they call a super boy. There was a light there last night. What? I saw
5: it from my bedroom window. There. It must have been boy. How would you know? You were snoring away over in your room. You weren't together?
1: Doctor?
2: What? I thought they might be married.
7: We are. Ah. Well, I'll just pop
2: up to the bedroom and have a quick look.
7: No, no, wait a minute. Hey, what was your name again?
2: I'm the doctor. And don't worry, sooner we sort this out, sooner the planet's safe.
7: What? Did he say the planet?
2: He
1: likes to exaggerate. Sometimes. I'm Layla, by the way. Layla Bridge.
5: Hello. Um, cup of tea?
1: Lovely.
4: Thanks. that
7: goes
4: in there.
2: That should fit directly into... That. Uh,
1: blimey! Talk about making yourself at home. Did you want this place to look more like the TARDIS? We
2: need to pinpoint the signal source. And seeing as we can hardly traipse out to sea without an antigraph bubble...
1: Where did all this stuff come from?
2: Hmm? Oh, a trans-dimensional flight case over there. Had fold it folded up in my pocket.
1: Let me guess. It's bigger on the inside. Mary Poppins, eat your heart out. Excuse me. And what's it all in aid of exactly?
2: Uh, just borrowing a few satellites to triangulate the signal. Borrowing? Yes, a bit delicate really. Countries can be so prickly about these things. And I'd rather not kick off World War Three.
1: Please don't. David and Dorothy may not appreciate that. Though it could put their relationship issues into perspective. Issues? You must have clocked it. Must I? They're on a bit of a make-or-break trip, and it seems to be breaking.
2: David didn't mention anything.
1: To the invading madman talking about psychic energy signals. I wonder why.
7: Good lord. It's like a mini version of Jodrell Bank in here. Oh, is that my tea? Uh, thanks. How's dinner coming? Oh, uh, I've been dismissed. Apparently, I I don't know how to braise meat properly. Well, there is an act to it. Are you uh, nearly done? No,
2: but don't worry, we can stop for dinner.
7: What? Oh, uh, I'm not sure it can stretch to four, actually.
1: I'll go down and help.
7: Rather you than me when she's in this mood.
1: Try to be human with him, Okay. Human? Sensitive. Oh, of course. I'm a dab hand at chopping veg. See you in a bit.
2: So... Elayla says your marriage is in trouble.
7: I... What?
5: We could have been in a hotel. Having a proper break. Bit of luxury. Instead here I am, cooking.
1: I think David wanted to
5: cook. Well I'm not eating tough meat.
1: No. Right.
5: He's the one who likes remote locations. It's like he doesn't know me at all.
1: These carrots are done.
5: Bring them up then.
1: (sighs) Look, maybe we all get dragged off somewhere unexpected sometimes. But it can still end up being a bit of an adventure.
5: Is that the deal between you and this doctor fellow then?
1: Oh, we're not a But, um I suppose yes, actually. I guess that is the deal.
5: Well then, here's my advice. Make sure he knows what you want too. You'll regret it otherwise.
7: Latin dancing. I mean, honestly, can you imagine?
2: I don't think I have the hips for
7: Samba, on this body. I could possibly say a foxtrot. But just because I don't want to learn Latin dancing, it doesn't mean I never want to try new things. Of course not. This was spontaneous. A surprise break with space to actually
2: talk to each other. Lots of space out here. Good idea, I think. I mean, it's remote,
7: yes. But it's romantic,
9: isn't it? Very romantic.
7: Probably.
2: Empty skies, bleak moorland, rugged coast. Exactly. Exposed to the elements. No help nearby if there's any trouble. Eh? Trouble? Come on, like what? Let's find out, shall we?
5: Our boys have all gone, of course. Grown up, families of their own. Another few years and we'll both be retired. And I'm just... I'm not sure what we're for anymore.
1: Surely after all the time you've been together.
5: That's a good enough reason, is it?
1: It must mean something.
5: There are times run out. That's the meat. Can you stir this? Of course.
1: It smells amazing.
5: Five more minutes. I just want to feel some, some
1: excitement.
5: I'm too old to appreciate it. Is that too much to ask?
1: I
4: think we need to be careful what we wish for sometimes.